So my wife and I, we've been married for just over 19 years. We've actually known each other for almost 21 years. We met in August 2001. And I've learned a lot of lessons since August of 2001. There are things that, some things that I just do better than Kim does. But there are a lot of things that Kim just does better than I do. If Sammy has a question about her homework, I might be able to help her out with English, maybe history, but if it's math or science, she knows don't even ask dad. Just go straight to mom, she's got all the answers. There are things that Kim just does better than I do. She's got more patience than I do. She's a better cook than I am. And the list goes on and on and on. But at the top of that list is her sense of direction. I'm telling you, if the woman has been there once, she can get back there with no problem. If I've been somewhere seven or eight times, I should probably still put the address into Google to make sure that I don't miss a turn. Now, because my direction, my sense of direction is so bad, I get lost a lot. And, you know, sometimes I can figure out where I'm at, but that's usually because I've stumbled on a landmark or uh, a main street or something like that. But other times, I, I think I know where I'm going. And so I'll go down the road and I'll make a wrong turn. And I don't realize that I've made a wrong turn. And so I just keep on driving. And all of a sudden, I don't recognize anywhere that I'm at. And after I've been traveling down this wrong path for a while, I start to get this sinking feeling. Uh-oh. I don't know which way to go. I don't know where I'm at. I'm lost. Maybe some of you can relate. I mean, I can't be the only one here that has a horrible sense of direction. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, April. <laughs> I mean, has anybody here ever, ever been lost? You're driving around, you think you know where you're going. It's funny, I see a lot of couples that they're both looking at each other. <laughs> so maybe you've been driving around and you think you know where you're going and then all of a sudden you realize that you've taken a wrong turn and you have no idea how you got there. What if we're not talking about driving anymore? What if you felt lost in life, went down a wrong path, and now you're not sure not only where to go, but you're not sure how you got where you're at now. Maybe, maybe the pandemic, it, it left you feeling sad and, and alone. And so just to, just to kind of calm yourself, you, you decided that, okay, I'm just going just to have a drink. And that one drink turned into two. And that turned into three. And now it seems like you can't go through a day without having three or four drinks. Maybe there's a person at work. You tell yourself it's, it's just innocent flirting. No, no big deal. And then 
things go down a wrong path and you find yourself about ready to ruin your marriage by having an affair. It could be drugs. It could be another person. It could be shopping. It could be overeating. It could be pornography. It could be gambling. Any number of things. Whatever it is, maybe you took a wrong turn and then one wrong turn led to another and then you catch a glimpse of yourself and you know what you've been doing and you ask the person in the mirror, how did I get here? I thought I knew where I was going. I thought everything was going to be fine. And then you get the realization that you're lost don't know where to go, and you don't know what to do. If any of this sounds familiar, if you've ever taken a wrong turn in your life, I've got some great news for you. That's what we're going to be talking about today. When you don't know where you're going, and you don't know where you are, we're going to be talking about what to do when you're lost. So today we're going to wrap up our series on the Sermon on the Mount. And we're going to look at the final chapter of Jesus' amazing sermon, which is Matthew chapter 7. So if you have your Bible with you, go ahead and open them up to Matthew chapter 7. If you don't have a Bible, please feel free to use one of the few Bibles there in front of you. Our passage is on page 967. So Matthew chapter 7. We're going to start on verse 7, and it is so good. It's an amazing verse. Jesus says, seek, and you will find. All right, let's close in prayer. No, we should probably look at the whole passage. (laughs) All right, starting in verse 7, it says, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened. For everyone who asks receives, the one who seeks finds, and the one who knocks, the door will be opened. So last week we talked about the Lord's Prayer. And if you were here last week, you heard me say that prayer is about so much more than asking God for stuff. But when we read our verse today, It sounds like Jesus is saying that God is like our own personal genie. If we want money, all we have to do is just ask for it. If we want a new house, all we have to do is just seek it out. By themselves, these verses sound like the prosperity gospel that we hear the televangelists give. But if we dig into this, James 4.3 tells us, When you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives, that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. So in order to really understand what Jesus is saying here, we have to look at it in context. We have to look at basically the entire sermon that Jesus is giving. And when we go over the whole sermon, we see that Jesus is saying things like, blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Well, how? How will I be comforted if I'm mourning? Jesus is saying, just ask. That's all you have to do is just ask. 
Seek the Lord and you will find help with these things. Psalm 34.10, it says, The lion may grow weak and hungry, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. You will be comforted. You will inherit the earth. You will be filled. Just ask. Now, this isn't the first time that Jesus has touched on this during his sermon. He's alluded to it in, in different places as well. Remember the last, the last sermon series that we went through on overcoming darkness. We talked about overcoming worry. And the lesson from there actually came from the Sermon on the Mount as well. Jesus says, So do not worry, saying, What will we eat, or what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after these things. And your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And all these things will be given to you as well. When you find yourself lost and you don't know where to go, you have a choice. You can either rely on yourself to fix it, which if we're all being honest, we've all tried. Hasn't really worked out that great. Or we can ask for help. Jesus is saying, ask and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Even if you don't see a way that God can help you, ask. Most likely there's a way that God will find to help you. Maybe you see a door that you always assumed was, was locked. Jesus is saying, knock on that door. Even when you can't see a way and, and things seem hopeless, we should trust Jesus and what we need. You know, I heard a story about this family. They, uh, they went to bed one night, and in the middle of the night, their house became engulfed in flames. The dad heard the smoke detector going off, and uh, he jumped up. Both the man and the wife, they, they jumped up. And they started grabbing the kids and grabbing animals and, and getting out of the house. And as they, as they kept, on, kept on trying to get everybody out, the dad went to, to his little five-year-old boy's room. And he opened the door, and there was nobody there. And he's figuring in his mind, okay, he must have jumped out already. He, he must have you know, gone down with, with his mom. And so he's going from door to door, making sure that all the kids and all the animals are out. And he gets down to the yard, and he sees his wife and he sees his daughter, and he sees his dog, but there's no little boy. And he's about ready to run back into the house, and he looks up, and up on the second-story roof outside his window is his little boy. He climbed outside his window because he didn't know what else to do. So the man goes to the edge of the house, and he holds out his arms, and he says, Jump, I will catch you. And the little boy hears him, but there's so much black smoke around, and it's dark. And he says, Daddy, I can't see you. And the dad says, but I can see you, and that's all that matters. Jump, and I will catch you. And the little boy musters all the courage that he can, and he takes a couple steps and jumps into the smoky night. And just as he promised, dad caught him and lowered him down to the ground. Now, I can almost guarantee 
there are some people here, and maybe you're watching on YouTube, and you're thinking, I wish it was that easy. That would, that would be so awesome if it was that easy, but there's no way that God is going to overlook the wrong turns that I've made. There's no way. I mean, if I'm being honest with myself, I knew better, and I still did got myself lost down these wrong turns. Why would God even listen after everything that I've done? And Jesus, as he does so well, he seems to anticipate those thoughts. As we get back to our passage, he says in verse 9, he says, which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? So today is Father's Day. And I, I've told you a little bit about my dad in the past. One thing about my dad is he is great at fixing things. And, you know, obviously with fixing things, there's a lot of tools in his garage. The, the first home repair I had to do when we moved into our first house, I had to replace the garbage disposal. And so I got the garbage disposal from Home Depot, and my dad walked me through step-by-step step how to fix it. Got the new one in, but the pipe, the drain pipe, didn't match up with the new unit. So I had to get a new pipe. No problem. Got a new pipe, but I had to cut it to a certain length. And I didn't have a saw. <laughs> so I called my dad and I asked him if I could borrow his. And he agreed. So I drove over to his house and he's in his garage. And, and uh, he says, you know, I've got two or three of these. Why don't you just go ahead and keep this one? Everybody needs a saw. And I thanked him and went to go on my way to get back to putting this garbage disposal in. And he walked past his workbench and saw a tool. And he says, hey, do you have one of these? And I shook my head no. And he says, well, you should probably have one of these. I've got two or three of them too. Why don't you go ahead and take this one? And I thanked him and he pointed out another tool. Same thing. You got one of these? I said, no. He says, you should probably have one of these too. Why don't you go ahead and take this one? I went over to his house to borrow a saw, and when I left 30 minutes later, my car looked like I had raided a Home Depot. <laughs> my dad had my best interests in mind, and he wanted to take care of me. And Jesus is saying, if my human father will take care of his kid like that, how much more will God, your heavenly father, take care of you, his child, when you ask. Now to finish our passage today, Jesus kind of flips the teaching. He just told us how much God would do if, if we just asked. And then he tells us what we should do if somebody asks us for help. He says in verse 12, So in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. Keep in mind, the law has 613 laws. Now, granted, not all of them have, have to do with how you treat other people, but a good portion of them do. And Jesus just took every single one of them and narrowed them down to one sentence. Do to others what you would have them do to you. It's that simple. 
if you want to be able to borrow a tool from somebody, you better be ready to loan out a tool to somebody. If you need a little bit more time to pay back a loan, you better be giving somebody else more time to pay back a loan. Whatever you would like from someone else, however you want to be treated, Jesus is saying you need to be able to do that for someone else. You know, when I was, when I was studying for this message, I, I came across an article, and it pointed out the three different senses being considered when we're talking about asking and seeking and knocking. So asking is verbal. Followers of Jesus need to use their mouths to ask God for their needs. Their prayers and petitions cast those to the Lord. Now, believers need to seek with their minds. It's a little bit more than asking. It's putting God first, kind of like what we talked about last week. Not my will, but his will be done. But to knock, that involves movement. In other words, asking and seeking are the what and the why, but knocking is the how. And if you're lost and you're overwhelmed by and don't know what, what, where to turn or what to do, we've talked about the what and the why, but now let's talk about the how. How are we going to go from being lost to start to go in the right direction? The first step is very simple, and if you're here today, you're already doing it. Just show up. There's nothing magical or special about this building. What's special about this building is the people in it worshiping the God that we worship here. That's what makes this place special. When we gather around those tables in the fellowship hall after service and we become a family, that's what makes this place special. Jesus makes this place special. So when you show up, you are taking a step towards Jesus. If you're watching on YouTube, I'm so glad that you're watching, but I would love to meet you in person. If you show up, I can guarantee you, you might be bombarded, but it's going to be with really friendly people just wanting to meet you and shake your hand. Nobody's going to be asking you to make a decision right away. But if you want to walk down this path, We've got plenty of people here that have walked this path for a while and they can help you walk this path with Jesus. I know how lonely it can feel to be lost and alone and not sure where you are. And you can't, you can't see where you're going. And you think nobody's going to understand. Man, if I show up to that church, I might just burst into flames right when I walk in the door. Or if I do sit down, everybody's going to know what I did and they're going to judge me. I don't really want any part of that. But I can promise you, whatever you're struggling with, I bet we have somebody here that struggled with the same thing. If you're struggling with drugs and alcohol, I bet we have somebody here that struggled with that in the past. If you're struggling with with pornography. I bet we have somebody here that struggled with that in the past too. Anger, depression, marriage issues, 
I bet we have somebody that's dealt with all of those. We are all on the same path. We are imperfect people whose lives have been changed by a perfect Savior. A perfect Savior and His amazing grace. How sweet the sound. That saved a wretch like me. I once was, but now I'm, was blind, but now I see. And it's all because we ask and seek and knock. Let's pray. Lord in heaven, thank you so much for today. Thank you for reminding us that you are always with you. You're always with us. No matter what we've done, no matter where we're going, no matter what wrong turns we take, you are just one step away. Thank you for always being that close, Lord, and thank you for your love. Lord, it's truly in your name that we pray.